0: Hello and welcome to the Fingal Business Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Local Enterprise Office Fingal, one of 31 local enterprise offices around the country. Local Enterprise Office Fingal helps local business through a wide range of practical initiatives and programs. The Leo is your first stop shop for business supports. So whether you're just starting out or an established business, Local Enterprise Office Fingal is here to help. The aim of the Fingal Business Podcast is to share quality information for small business owner managers to enable you to be more effective in running a successful enterprise. My name is Sharon Rossignolo and I'll be chatting to industry experts so that you can get the best advice to help you to succeed in your business. For this episode I am delighted to be joined by James Stewart of Celtic Candles who explains how they have grown the business since starting out in 1993. He also shares the secret behind customer loyalty and what has helped them grow from strength to strength. James Stewart from Celtic Candles you are very welcome to the Fingo Business Podcast how are you?
1: Very well, Sharon. Thanks for having me. It's a great opportunity.
0: Celtic Candles, a firm favourite of mine, I have to say, established way back in 1993. So how did that concept come about and what made Candles the way to go?
1: I suppose I'll give you a brief history. So myself and my beautiful wife, Hannah, were travelling in Australia back 10, 11 years ago now at this stage. And we were making a life for ourselves. And I got a phone call from my dad to say, James, listen, I'm getting to an age now where I don't really want to go working anymore. So I'm thinking of doing something with the business. And at that time, Celtic Candles was a very small two-person setup. We were a wholesale business, traditionally dealing with restaurants, hotels, churches. And that would have been 90% of our business. We would have never been involved in retail before. So I came back in 2011. I think it was 2011, so 2012. And myself and my dad worked in a small pokey office. And then we used to have an accounts girl who used to come in three days a week. So three of us in a cozy office with a small warehouse out the back. And it was great. It was fine. But I suppose after 12 months I, I of knocking on every restaurant in the country store, trying to sell them tea lights and dinner candles, I, I, I soon started to realize that I suppose the growth potential in it was quite limited because it was a margin-based business and you were effectively selling a go-to product mean, two products sorry, like um, that you could buy pretty much off anyone. So you're you're selling your personality, which was which was fine, and customers were very receptive to it. We went to a trade fair, twenty twelve, I think it was the NEC, and it just opened my eyes massively to kind of the candle market as a whole. And we kind of came back and had a, had a meeting together and said, look, I, th- I think there's there's maybe a niche here with retail. And what we were trying to do was we were trying to develop a good quality Irish made well marketed well branded gift product mm-hmm. i didn't feel there was one at the time that really stood up and that stood out there was people doing it at christmas time yeah but as a, as an everyday kind of gift for valentine's obviously occasions are are, are a big part of our business but but just the, the bottle of wine and a candle going to someone's house on a friday or saturday evening i just felt that was a little bit lacking so we quickly developed our own brand through 2012, 2013, we started doing trade fairs, like the NEC in Birmingham. We did Scotland, we did Frankfurt, we did a showcase obviously in the Autumn home Gift Fair. And within I'd say 12 to 18 months, we kind of quickly kind of realised that we had something here. We signed up about I'd say 80 accounts in our first year, and we probably doubled that in our second year. And by 2016, I'd say we had about 250 accounts. We obviously tweaked and, and developed the product offering, uh, the products, the packaging, the, the the array of products that we, we stock have expanded over the last number of years. But, but but that was kind of the starting point for us. And it was kind of get up and, and get at them quick. So we, we were in a very small unit, as I said. We quickly moved across the road to to a unit, I think it was about 2,000 square feet. And then we've now currently moved into um, a 6,000 square foot unit in Bald Oil. So we we're in here about three years. And kind of we've developed kind of great relationships with all our our clients, whether they be independent shops or or chain stores up and down the country and also into the UK. So it's been quite a journey. I suppose my dad is still involved. He works part time and is kind of the rock here really when when I'm away or if I'm out visiting clients. But, you know, it's great to have him there as the stalwart and as the the person who founded the business. I suppose it's nice for us to do it together and to develop us to where it is today.
0: Brilliant. And it's lovely, actually, the idea of a father and son company. I'd say there's plenty of dads out there who'd wish to have something similar.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The good times are really good, but the bad times are so good.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Funny, <laughs> Family guys. businesses.
1: I know. It's funny, like, I suppose, I suppose, personally speaking, like, the relationship you have with your folks is, is very different when you go into business with them. And You know i would have i suppose dipped my toe in with with factory work over the years with my dad and and everything was happy happy, and everything was fine but when there's money on the line and and when there's decisions to be made the one i suppose story to spring to mind i remember when we came back initially after that uk trade show and had all these massive plans and you have to remember we were going into an area that was completely new to both of us you know new to him and new to me so there were so many unknowns, so many kind of questions that whether what, what are we going to do? And I remember we fought like cats and dogs for about two weeks over it because, you know, we set aside a, a strategic marketing plan, but it did involve heavy investment. So we pretty much spent all of the money that my dad had built up over the years uh, on a business that we didn't know was going to work. And we were tipping along fine, but I kind of said to my dad, "Look," I said, "You're you're you're thirty odd years older than me." I'm in a position where I want to drive this and grow this and bring it forward. And you're in a position where you want to wind down. So if this is going to work, it's either me doing it on my own or we do it together and let's grow it together. So we made that decision kind of very early on and, you know, we, we've we got on great. Look, it's been trying and testing the time, but, but in the name, I think once we signed up them initial 50, 60 clients, we kind of knew we had something and it was just a the case then of working hard and, and trying to build it from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost proven the viability and proven it to yourselves that it was going to work. But you know what strikes me as well, the importance of having the conversation to say, look, you're at this stage, I'm at this stage, what are we going to do and how are we going to move forward? It sounds like that was really important.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it is. I think in anything, in any business you're going in, like honesty is the one thing. And I know, I I was was speaking to, to you last week about this and i was thinking about it and i was kind of saying you know like honesty is just so important in business whether it's dealing with your your current customers or dealing with your suppliers or dealing with your with whoever it is because you know you'll you'll get cut out if if, if you're not honest and like i very much wear my heart on my sleeve with, with business and you put everything into us so you work hard you build it up to a certain level and you know you can't fake this, you know. You, you, you're in it and you decide what to do with your, with your life, really. And you have to be happy doing it. My dad always said to me, Working a job you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. And look, is, is this what I was destined to do since I was born? Probably not. Uh, you know, I, I, I always thought I wanted to sell, sell cars when I was younger, but you know what? It's something that I do enjoy doing. There's so many aspects of it that I enjoy you know, product development, you know, new products grown. And it's just a combination, I suppose, of all my skills. I did marketing as well in college, so I got my degree, and and I suppose that's been put into practice every day in here, yeah.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I think for all of us, we can end up maybe it's maybe the line of business, not exactly what was written in the stars when you were born. But as long as you're using your strengths, and I've no doubt that marketing in particular (laughs) would have come in very handy. But Celtic Handles, like it's been in business for 28 years, but the evolution has been phenomenal. Like, you know, you described at the start how you started out. You've gone from wholesale to consumer, then creating private label, branching out to diffusers, body creams, and even hand sanitizer at the start of the initial lockdowns. So what do you take into account, James, when you're thinking about taking out a new product or, or bringing out a new product?
1: Well, I suppose I'll go back as well to, 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 to say when we started, like, as I was saying in the last piece, we went into this completely blind. So, so initially we we'd no reference point, except for maybe some colleagues who might have been in the industry, but most of them were competitors, so they weren't too far coming with, with products that worked for them. Initially we would have always done market research, but thankfully now we're in a position where I suppose we have a good client base, we we'd have a good communication, a good relationship with a lot of our customers. So I would just asked them, you know, I would ask them what products are working for you currently. And also, you you look at the brand direction. So you'd be looking at kind of where you want to go with this. And it's not rocket science when you break it down and when you break down kind of the product offering that we have. Like, it's a very kind of sensual, a very kind of homey, cozy, gifty. Like, like them sort of, I, I suppose, adjectives would describe kind of what we'd always try to do. And there's a lot of products that link off candles, whether it's soaps, diffusers scented sachets you know it's like a family of products you're not creating the wheel here you're not you're not inventing anything that that that's new as such you're just putting your slant on it and i think you know everyone has their story and everyone has their their way of of doing things but i think with any new product there has to be obviously a viability in it there has to, you know again we're in a thankful position where we can kind of test out products without committing fully and i suppose anyone who's starting off that's what I found probably the hardest part because you're going into this blind and and you're looking at this cash flow and you're going, well, your pro-former invoices are coming through the door for whether it's glass or scent or packaging. And you're thinking to yourself, Jesus, is this going to work or is it not going to work? Yeah. So I suppose like having reference customers that you could ring up or, you know, that that you can meet with them and just be honest and they'll be honest with you. Because at the end of the day, like this has to work for them and it has to work for you. So so it's in everyone's interest to to, to bring out the right products. We always obviously look at trends as well. Like, like, you know, looking at this this time last year, I knew there was going to be a massive uptake in in the home use products, i.e. the diffusers and the candles. And then as the occasions came, gifting went through the roof. So, you know, you're you're trying to develop a brand, I suppose, trying to develop products that that hit all the main occasions, but you're also wanting a product that customers take home and they'll burn daily or weekly or at the weekend or use in their bathrooms or you're trying to just develop and, and keep brand loyalty with people. I you wouldn't deviate too much. You, you won't see me bringing out um, a Celtic candle roof tile or a Celtic candle mug or anything like that. Like It just wouldn't sit right with our product offering. So you, you look for products that are in the same family as what you're doing. The private label offering is something completely different. While we specialize in branding for other clients, you know, you, it's obviously a completely different design hat that you'll be wearing. So you'll take their brand, you'll take their brand guidelines, you'll work with their design team, and you'll you'll develop your product with their branding. So it's 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 basically offering what you currently do, except you're putting the wax in it, or the diffuser oil in it, or your room spray, but, but it's in their vessel, it's in their packaging, it's with their branding. So it's completely bespoke to them. But obviously they're coming to you because they know you're producing quality ours made products so so therefore it kind of makes sense to them so yeah i don't know if that answers the question but that that that's kind of yeah what we'd always look at we'd always go to go to current suppliers we'd always check with them current stockers pardon me check with them see what's working and it's funny like you know you'll find that, that 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 there might be a particular scent that isn't selling for someone but it sells really well for someone else you know, so so it's kind of really looking at your, your biannual. We do biannual reports every year and we, we kind of say, look, what's working? What are our sales like? Why have they dipped? You might do special offers or promotions to try and boost the sale. But if it's not working after 12, we give it maybe 18 months, then then we'll generally drop and bring out a new product or a new scent. that That's yeah. kind of what we, what we generally look at.
0: So it's informed by the market, and you know, the private label idea is just so brilliant because a lot of businesses it wouldn't occur to them, they'd almost see those people as being competition, and if anything, like ward them off. Oh, no, we don't want more people in the market, but you've actually enabled that and been yeah. able to make that part of the business that works for you. Yeah, it
1: absolutely does. Like, I suppose. It did. Since the start of lockdown, what we've seen an absolutely massive increase in in kind of B2C candle businesses and B2C diffuser businesses. And like, I suppose in one sense, we offer kind of the full package, as in we offer low MOQs, we offer a wide product variety. But, you know, the likes of someone selling to to an end user, while they are competition to us, our business is wholesale. And, you know, achieving the MOQs and achieving the I suppose the print runs that you need to achieve to get a wholesale price, it makes it worth our while. But equally still, paying a higher price for a B2C product makes it worth our while as well. So it's all about margin. And I suppose you wouldn't generally be in competition with someone who's on the shelf beside your product. That's generally not the way it works. It's more, we would brand higher volume stuff for products who might be for promotional or might be for... You know, it might be outside of Ireland versus the UK, Germany, France, just because it's, I suppose, it will be a conflict of interest when it comes to
0: Yes,
1: yeah. There's just, there will be a conflict of interest there. So, you know, if I'm if my main competitor came to me today and asked me to to make candles for him, <laughs> I'd say I'd probably be a little bit more expensive than I would have been to, to normal people, because obviously you have to look after your business.
0: Exactly. And, but no, it's been great
1: for us. The label has been fantastic. The small MOQs and the small print runs give us a massive competitive advantage, I suppose. And it gets people a chance to dip their toe into the water and, and, and maybe grow their brand, whether it's a, a soap brand wanting to bring out a candle or whether it's a you know a mug brand wanting to bring out a diffuser, you know, we can, we can kind of cater for all that.
0: So it's businesses supporting businesses, which yeah. you know is, is a positive thing to do. And even from the point of view of having that support and that community is really good as well. Now, approaching retailers across Ireland and it sounds abroad as well, because I actually hadn't realized that you're exporting too. How do you go about approaching retailers and convincing them to stock Celtic candles?
1: <laughs> With great difficulty at the start... I suppose we, my my dad, again, going back to the start, my dad thought I was absolutely crazy going into the UK with a name like Celtic Candles. And it was funny, when we did the first trade show over in the UK, I think we signed up about 15 new accounts, and I think 10 of them are from Scotland. So the Celtic Connection definitely proved to be be positive up in Scotland. But I suppose, look, trade shows were a massive part of the initial, and still are part of our business. We would have done, I'd say, in the first year, we probably done, I think, eight trade shows across Ireland and Europe, and we continued that for the next three to four years. And I firmly believe that 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 was our best form of value for money, I suppose, and return on investment. So it was literally packing a van, you know, branding up your product, branding up your stand, having it looking and presented in the best possible light. And again, going back to honesty, just 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 be honest. You know, I remember we went over. With, we we had twin boys back in twenty fourteen, and that we had the lads got born in, they were born in the July, and I think I was in the NEC in September, and we went over together. And I remember the first or second day at the trade show, they were up all night, and you know I was standing at the stand nearly falling asleep, like, and you know, but but you know, but I ended up talking to a buyer who who owns twelve twelve garden centres who also had twins and he actually said to me listen you look wrecked you know and, and i just ended up talking to him about the twins and we were staying in the hotel down the road and he ended up giving me an order for his garden center so you know that sort of stuff is, is you know he realized people by people and you know he looked at me and realized listen this fellow's after coming out from dublin he works hard he's putting his life and soul into this and he's trying his best you know and you can't fake that either you know that's not you know someone who's representing you out there it's that, that's the kind of raw stuff at the start that really, it, it makes it all worthwhile and it makes the justification of of the spend for the trade fair and the local enterprise office as well. I have to say this, like they were amazing helping us out at the start with whether it's it, it was with a trade show internationally or whether it was with most recently and um, help with our production machinery. They've just been fantastic and, and given us that extra push, but they were fantastic at the start. Pete Brock was the, the guy who really helped us throughout the process. So, you know, I'd encourage anyone to get, get in contact with your local enterprise office because they're the ones that, that will push you in the right direction. And, you know, if they think you're doing something wrong or doing something good, you know, they'll give you that pat on the back or they'll give you that steer in the right direction. But that was, I suppose, yeah, it was, it was just honestly Sharon at the start and, and kind of something that we, we just pushed hard. We did the trade shows, then I was repping. So the, the sales process would have been, we took this order at the show. And then with the Irish clients, I would have went to, went to visit every single one of them. So when you came back from the trade, show, you would have just marked your diary off for three weeks. And I would have went out to visit each one of them. I would introduce myself and I would organize the delivery. Sometimes be there when the delivery comes. And look, that's not sustainable when you're trying to scale up and when you're trying to do things kind of on a bigger scale. But initially at the start, I could say probably out of the first probably 100 clients that we signed up, I'd say we probably still have about 70. So it definitely, you know, that's 10 years later. So so that definitely kind of holds firm that the way you deal with people and the way kind of you present yourself and present your products, people will see that straight away. And they'll see through if you're trying to fake it. And they'll see through. So just, I suppose, be true to yourself and, and be honest and put everything into it. And, you know, people will support you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Roll your sleeves up. And I, so many, you know, I've, I've recorded a number of these for the second series and every single person has talked about the importance of, people in business, people by people. And um, in particular, like, you know, it's it's human to human at the end of the day, even that story that you, you the, the fact that people identified with having the twins and all that, you know, it's it's that human connection. So I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Thanks for sharing that. Because I think when people are starting out, they think there's some magic recipe that they're not in on the secret, but it is about you oh. and it's about you as a person.
1: The other thing as well, one, one thing that for what it's worth, I don't like giving advice to anyone because I'm absolutely no expert on anything. But, you know, don't be afraid to take criticism from anyone because I was at the start, and and I was definitely a type Bay. We're doing this, and we're doing it this way. And it cost me so much money because, you know, packaging, design, scent, you know, that's our business, and and that's what people buy. And I remember we had a designer at the the, the very start, and he was just a yes man, and everything would like him up, but he said, yeah, that's brilliant, yeah, looks great, yeah, fantastic. And then we presented it to market after spending about twelve or fourteen thousand on packaging, and it just absolutely flopped, and it was terrible. And it was at a time where you know I wish someone had been honest with me and said, "Listen, you know what? It looks okay, but I think this would be better." Or I think again, going back to myself and my dad, you know, my dad was probably a yes person as well, but because just experience wasn't there, so you're you're kind of you're kind of shooting the dark a little bit, asking your and look, the people closest to you are always going to support you. They're probably not going to be honest sometimes with you, but, but going professionally to someone and going to the people who maybe, maybe someone who's been in them in the market or in the industry or the local enterprise office, maybe might be, you know, just just to, to get a, a a kind of advice section and say, look, this is what I'm thinking of doing. These are the packaging, this is the whatever the case may be, and just get an honest appraisal from someone because they might open your eyes, even though you may not want them to be opened. But they might open your eyes to something that, you know, a small tweak or even a bigger tweak might make a massive difference. So don't be afraid to take advice from anyone.
0: Yeah. At the local enterprise office, we have a panel of mentors. They're experienced. They're high quality in terms of consultancy, in terms of their ideas and what they've seen in the market already or you know, just just in general, a yeah. different perspective on something is worth yeah. its weight in gold. So that's a really good point. Now, James, when you like, obviously, when the company started out, nineteen ninety three, online didn't even exist, and now it's just become central to everything. So, what have you done as a business to stay ahead of the curve and cater to online customer demand?
1: I suppose, as I said to you previously, our business was wholesale, and I suppose I would have always had the mantra that you cannot wholesale is your bread and butter and, and and you know they are the people who will give you the orders every day and every week and, and, and grow your brand and i would always say like online sales are an important platform for us but they're not to the be all and end all our customer base is still wholesale so i suppose depending on your business model your website has to be presented right the photographs need to be perfect the price needs to be perfect the detail on every product needs to be spot on and it needs to function right. And again, through the help of the local enterprise office with the online trading voucher, you know there's some really good people out there, and there's some really good companies who give you exactly what you want. Developing an e-commerce site, we did about five years ago, and I suppose you know you start off with something, and then you improve it maybe a year later, and improve it again. And we only recently, this year in fact, improved it even further. So you know it's all about the customer experience, and and I'd always go back to put yourself in their shoes. And again, going back to the criticism and going back to the, send it out to 10 of your friends, you know, ask them what they dislike in websites, ask them what they like in websites, and then go back with a plan and a structure to your web developer and kind of say, this is what I want. But online for us, I suppose, would have always been, a, I always, I always said in the office, it's a presentation site. That quickly developed about four or five years ago to a wholesale, but also a B2C site. And online sales did go through the roof, especially in the last 12 months, like they've just gone unbelievably well. But that's down as well to our wholesalers and, and the job that they've done, as in our, our retail shops and the job that they've done at promoting our product. You know, they're pushing it out. We're, we're educating them into what the product, what's in the product, the sense, the story and the ethos behind the brand. And in turn, they've told their customers. And unfortunately, when they've been closed in the last 12 months, they go to us through our website. So, so that, that was good. And we can't wait till they go back to the to, to shopping in-store. But I suppose yeah, it's, it's, it's online is 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 one of those ones, Sharon, that you know you need to decide early on what, what model you want to adopt. Social media, Mailchimp, HubSpot, all these guys are great for for measuring and great for getting your brand and out there. But there has to be a return on investment, and there has to be something that you know you're that's tangible and that you see for your money. So I would just say to anyone I suppose who you know is going online, just, just make sure that. It looks right. It's the first, uh, what do they say? They say you get 15 seconds or 10 or 15 seconds on a website. So just make sure visually and the detail on the site is spot on, you know, but that's that the only other one opportunity. Else. So it needs to be presented right. And I suppose that's what online was for us. It, it just, if you go onto our site, I feel that the, the products are presented very well. They're described very well. And then in conjunction with the various marketing channels that we'd have, we've decide whether or not we wanted to push sales or whether or not we want to push sales, but Because we're a wholesale business, we kind of leave that kind of side of it to to the wholesalers and and kind of let them push our brand online.
0: So you're getting the basics right. And then after that, whatever happens. But I suppose it was, as you said, when the retailers were closed, it was great to have that avenue and that channel. And even for consumers, like, I mean, I remember going onto your site, sending down a package for my mother. I don't think it was even Mother's Day. I just wanted her to have something special. Yeah. Um, it's great to go onto a site that's easy to use, easy to navigate, and you know what's going to get done within a reasonable amount of time, and it's going to arrive at her
1: door. Yeah, that's it. I think I think there was a lot of like, there's been an awful lot of new business, I suppose, that have developed in the last 12 months, and you know, you, you need to, as you say, you need to trust the business A that you're you're ordering from, and or sorry, that they can A kind of proceed with the order and deliver it on time. So so your model has to be correct you know, you need to have the warehouse guys, you need to have the, the courier set up, you need to have the track deliveries, you need to have the thank you for your order type of stuff. And, and once all of them are in place, you know, it kind of puts, puts you in a position for the next order that that if you come next time to order under a gift, you're going to order. And that's what you're looking. You're looking for repeat purchase all the time. So to give them a little bit extra when they are ordering, whether it's a note to say thank you for your order or whether it's, you know, a free room spray or whether it's a free wax melt or, or something that 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 they that they feel their orders appreciated. And thankfully it's look, it's worked for us. So yeah, so it's look online can be can be a minefield sometimes, but I think getting the basics right is what I'd say. And then after that, you can always improve it and you can always kind of decide what what, what way you want to do it. But it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a very, very important channel and, and has become so much more important in the last 12 months.
0: Yeah, yeah, brilliant advice there, James. So look, the future, what's next for Celtic Candles?
1: <laughs> oh my God, how long do you have? we <laughs> I suppose I'm I'm an ideas man. So, you know, I'd have I'd have a lot of different product scents that we'd look to develop. So I suppose in the immediate next three to six months, we've probably about well, we've we have a double launching in our brown range, in our uh, range. We have two new cents in our classic range. We have another gift box launch and we have our Christmas brochure just signed off today. So that, that's kind of happening. So I suppose you're always looking at kind of the, the next thing. This time, three months, we'll have a brand new two and a half thousand square foot extension onto the back where we'll be fully operational and able to manufacture an awful lot more product than we're doing currently. You're always, I suppose, looking at, at new opportunities and new channels and, you know, 10 years on, you you kind of are waiting for the day where you're a little bit quiet, but I'm not that type, you know, I don't, I don't generally sit still for too long. So I think I need to be kind of challenged the whole time. But the more important thing, I suppose, will be, you know, your current customer base and, and who you have, appreciating those, looking after them, making sure that, that they're happy and they're, at the end of the day, Sharon, like they have to be making, you know, out of your product. And if you're not doing it right, they won't. So getting your processes and getting all that in place and having it correct is number one. But number two is kind of making sure that it works for them. And if it's not working, why is it not working? So I'd probably always say the future will always be customer focused. It'll always be, you know, the current customers that you have and trying to develop those, but you're always looking at the next thing and you're always looking to see what's next. Because look, we all like a bit of change. We all like something new and something different. you know, if you're looking for the same thing for weeks and weeks and next Christmas we have the same thing and following on from that, it just goes a bit stale. You need a bit of kind of incentive and you need a bit of spark. Now, if you worked here in the office of me you now, there's no shortage of everything in Celtic Candles.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt you do. You need that freshness, something new, something exciting, something to excite you and excite other people as well. So, yeah, always moving, always innovating. James, last question for you. If you were starting out again and could do one thing differently, what would it be?
1: Oh, what would it be? Do you know, Dad actually asked me that last night. He said to me, um, would you have done anything different or what would you have done? And it was more specific to products. But do you know what? I think when, when you're going into a new venture, whether it's an existing business or whether it's a new, uh, brand new, you know, you have to make mistakes and you have to make some of them are expensive and some of them are experience but i think what we've learned over the last eight or ten years is invaluable and you know there's probably lots of things i don't think i could put it down to one thing that i do differently. i think there's lots of things i do differently. but we're still here to tell the tale 10 years on we're still growing we're still innovating we're still bringing out new products so i think you just need to learn as you go on you need to go into this with your eyes and ears wide open you need to be nice and pleasant and friendly and Fair and honest to everyone. Everyone's on the same level here. We're not. Some brands are doing better than others. Other brands are struggling. But I think you need to encompass all of. And I suppose I bring it back to honesty again because you know it's how I was brought up and it was how you know I was taught to conduct myself. And and that goes with business or personally with friends. You know we're all people at the end of the day, and we all make mistakes, and we're all here to learn lessons about it. And business is no different. So I'd probably say. There are too many things to list of what I would do differently, but we're learning all the time and I've learned a hell of a lot and will continue to do so and just hope we don't make the same mistake twice. So so I can't put a 10 to 1 because there's probably there's probably a lot more than 1.
0: Brilliant, James. Well, you know what? I have to thank you not only for coming on to this podcast, but in particular, your honesty throughout this interview and just laying it on the line for people. And I think business owners or, you know, fledging businesses who are starting out will really, really benefit from that. So on behalf of myself and Leo Fingal, thank you, James Stewart of Celtic Candles.
1: No problem, Sharon. And listen, just again, a big shout out to Fingal and all they do, because they're just, if, if anyone is listening to this and they haven't gone in touch with the local enterprise office, And this isn't a sales fly or they didn't tell me to say this or anything like that. They're just a fantastic resource. You know, it's free. They're local and there's really, really, really good people in there that will help you along the way. So don't be afraid to get a contact and just pick up the phone or or send an email. But thanks. Thanks very much, Jan.
0: Thanks, James. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode brought to you by Local Enterprise Office Fingal. For more information and to keep up to date with our services, check out www.localenterprise.ie forward slash and sign up to our newsletter.